0: The Screamer, the Slammer, the Bang, the Gasper, the Shriek. These are all names that have been given at various times to that most provocative of punctuation marks, the exclamation point. Since its invention, it has elicited... The scorn of many a writer. Scott Fitzgerald declared that exclamation marks are like laughing at your own joke. And journalist Philip Cowell called them the selfies of grammar. Uh, Their reputation has certainly suffered since they were used and abused on Twitter by the Donald. But does the exclamation mark deserve to languish at the bottom of the punctuation hierarchy? Or can it be resuscitated? I wholeheartedly believe in its use and so I am delighted to welcome to the Little Wildness program Dr Florence Hatrat. Florence is a scholar of English literature, a BBC new generation thinker, a folk fiddler – I must get her to come back and play the folk fiddle – and a podcaster. She's also the author of a butte book called An Admirable Point, a brief history of the exclamation mark. And she joins us now from Berlin. Welcome to the Little Wireless program. You are a passionate advocate of the exclamation point. Where did this begin?
1: Thank you for having me. I love chatting about the exclamation mark. So my interest actually starts with brackets. I'm a literature scholar um i i work on the renaissance period and uh, i was reading about brackets in the renaissance and about punctuation where it came from and um i came up against um negative attitudes towards the exclamation mark again and again so people thought they were childish they were hysterical they were useless <laughs> they were they were Um, over-the-top and loud and shrieky. And I thought, well, this can't be really the whole story. And I was hoping that I was finding some defence of the exclamation mark, but I couldn't. And then I was thinking, okay, somebody has to do something about this and that (laughs) someone turned out to be me.
0: Well, it couldn't have found a better ambassador. And uh, you've done a great job. Let's journey back. Tell us when and how it was born.
1: The exclamation mark was born in the middle of the 14th century. So that um, there was a scholar called Alpolejo, that would be Salia. He was a, a lawyer and a, a scholar and a lover of literature and of language. And he wrote a treatise called The Art of Punctuating. He wrote that in Latin, and he was writing about how uh, what exc- uh, what punctuation marks were around and how people were using them. In fact, there were not very many around. It was just the full stop, the comma, the colon. And the, the question mark. And he said uh, that he was really annoyed that people were reading sentences that were exclamations, um, exclamations of wonder or admiration, as if they were just sentences or just questions. And so he said, he said, Well, we need a mark that tells us that those are really sentences that express something wonderful, and we have to change our voice, we have to change the tone. He said we should put a full stop at the bottom of the line and an apostrophe sort of dangling from the top of the line.
0: It's interesting, and, though. He describes it, but he didn't put yeah. it on the page.
1: Exactly, exactly. It's, it's curious. I'm, I'm not sure why, <laughs> but he just describes it. And it took another punctuation lover to translate this description into the actual shape. And that was Coluccio Salutati, 50 years later, in 1399, um, who put the first exclamation mark form on the page. And then then
0: princes took it up.
1: Exactly. We wouldn't have the exclamation mark today unless it didn't somehow find its way into um, books or manuscripts that printers were using. And once printers were using them, they spread all over.
0: So before the exclamation mark, there was no real way to express emotions in a text.
1: That's right. You could say so. There was the question mark that told us something about tone and about the change of our voice. But other than that, the other marks were there in order to mark grammar or the syntactical style. So the exclamation mark is really the first sign that brings personality, that brings feeling into text.
0: So when does the backlash begin?
1: The backlash actually begins quite late. So um, around the late 17th century, early 18th century, people started to understand what kinds of exclamations or emotions they were able to use the mark. And then 200 years later, at the beginning of the 20th century, only then do we have these negative opinions because back in the days, people were happy to use whatever they could in order to write in a persuasive way. The goal of writing was to be convincing and to make the other person feel something and perhaps change their mind to move them. But then in the early 20th century, we started to um, become maybe suspicious of feeling and, and of emotion in text. And so only then do we start to have these negative opinions about anything that is a little bit off-center, let's say.
0: It was uh, recruited, however, for the war, wasn't it?
1: Yes, that's right. So you have war uh, propaganda posters in the Second World War that were using the exclamation mark in order to get attention from people as they were passing walls, for example, in the public space, or um, to create enthusiasm or also again to move them to do something, to be careful, to darken the, the houses, for example.
0: I have a vivid memory of them being used and overused in comics. My particular favourite was Batman comics, and that was full of exclamation marks. Bang, a pow!
1: Yes, that's right, that's right. And and there's actually potentially a technical context to that because in the early days, um, comics were obviously cheap, they were printed very quickly, and there wasn't a lot of... um, a lot of effort going on in, 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 into the technical, the design side. So when printers were putting ink on the, on the page in order to print it, it could happen that the full stop didn't catch a lot of ink. So it was very often safer to put an exclamation mark because then you have more potential for the, the signs to catch ink. So that might be one of the reasons why there, so, there are so many exclamation marks in comics, but also, of course, that we have the soundscape.
0: We're thoroughly enjoying an encounter with Dr. Florence Hazrat. And uh, Florence, I have a lifelong passion for the ancient Egyptians, but never found one, never found an exclamation mark in the hieroglyphs. What are they? What happens in other languages? What happens in Chinese, in Mandarin, in Persian?
1: Well, exclamation marks are actually everywhere in in most of the languages that I have that I have looked at, they are also in sign language, they are also in braille, so like, um, in writing for blind people when they read with their, with their fingertips. So they really are everywhere and you can very often read something about the, um, recent histories of the languages or of the cultures that uh, that have and contain punctuation, because, for example, in terms of Japanese and and um, different Chinese dialects, it was through colonialism that uh, punctuation, the way the the sort of Western punctuation came to the East. The same uh, goes for Arabic and for Hebrew. Actually, although those two are very very interesting because both of them were used in different ways to, for for nation making. So. You have um, settlers from Europe who go to Israel and who, of course, want to reinfuse um, Hebrew in, in order and make it readable. Ancient Hebrew is very difficult, so they make it new, they make it modern, and they use their European punctuation marks in order for people to navigate text. And Arabic experienced something quite similar, where um, the sort of uh, Arabic writers in the late 19th, early. 20th century, noticed that they were writing in French or in English and not in Arabic, because Arabic is very, very difficult and you have to have a lot of training to be able to read it and to write it. And so they said, okay, we need to change this. We need to also make Arabic accessible for for people who are not extremely educated. Let's use um, punctuation marks in order to make it easier to read. And then they happen to also import Western punctuation marks. So in that context, punctuation marks work in a subversive way because they sort of are anti-colonial, whereas sometimes we can read um, colonial influences through them as well.
0: I'm astonished to learn from you that uh, in Spanish, uh, an upside-down exclamation mark can begin a sentence as a sort of warning sign.
1: Yes, that's right. So it's supposed to make you ready for what's to come. Spanish speakers tell me that they're not, using that all the time, so maybe in official writing they would be using that, but if they just write to their to their friends, if they send a text message, they don't use that all the time, which I find interesting because I think it tells us something about us not really wanting to be prepared all the time and, and keeping that little bit of ambiguity and of having to guess and interpret.
0: There's no ambiguity in the fact that Americans uh, seem to use exclamation marks 16 times more than the Brits.
1: That's right. There's a a linguistics professor at the University of Suffolk who um, didn't do an official study, but who looked at some Amazon reviews of the same books in the UK and in the US. And she realized that Americans seem to be using the exclamation mark, which they call exclamation point, much, much more often, which is intuitively, subjectively something I think that we can agree on that perhaps there's something a bit bigger and, and louder of American culture.
0: It's interesting to me that uh, Salman Rushdie, a guest on the program from time to time, is an enthusiast for, uh, for the um, exclamation mark. You, you've someone's counted them up, and there are well over two thousand marks in Midnight's Children alone.
1: That's right. It's fascinating that that um, the genre that Rushdie was writing in at the time, magical realism is, I think, predetermined to have these strong signs that are so there on the page because it's so lush and full and and full of images as well. And interestingly, Midnight's Children has won the Booker Prize. It has won the Booker of Bookers twice. Uh, so that's like uh, a competition among all the Booker Prize winners. So there must be something about the, those exclamation marks that really <laughs> attracts us. Uh,
0: Hemingway. Now, he, of course... Uh, tried to minimize the use of uh, adjectives, let alone punctuation. And you make the point that he abhorred the punctuation mark. You know, it was one in Old Man and the Sea, my least favorite novel of his. It ruined it for me.
1: Yes, I can understand that. And there's a single exclamation mark in that novel where the old man, has finally caught a fish and he realized it's a huge fish and he's preparing himself to pull it out. And then um, he, he gets himself ready. He says, now, exclamation mark, and he pulls on the, on, the, um, on the line, but the fish doesn't come out. And the next sentence is, nothing happened. So that's an, a literary anticlimax. <laughs> one.
0: Now, did Jane Austen use them or not?
1: She did, she did, just that they were edited out of her writing. So unfortunately, I'm sorry, don't have
0: a- so, so that again, they were taken out.
1: Yes, they were taken out of her writing by her editor and her publisher, who perhaps were thinking they were doing it some good. That's what they were writing in their um, correspondence as well. So uh, we have a couple of uh, pages of Jane Austen's Persuasion. That's her last novel. And um, she is underlining things. She's scratching things out. She's squeezing sentences between the lines. She has capitalization and she has exclamation marks. And those we can then trace in the printed text, and see what was what was taken out.
0: And the Bard of Avon, if you please.
1: <laughs> yes. Well, uh, Shakespeare has uh, three hundred and fifty exclamation marks in his main works, his collected works, which is actually very, very little thinking. If we if we think about that, this is a nine hundred page book full of exclaiming, and it's a theatrical book, so you would expect a lot of emotion in there. But at the time, in the early 17th century, people didn't really yet understand for what sentences to use exclamation marks and what is the difference between a question and an exclamation mark. For us nowadays, it seems pretty clear, but if we read some some examples, it actually is sometimes a bit murkier. And at the time as well, we have to remember that they only had a certain amount of exclamation marks or of letters for that matter. And sometimes it was just a question of uh, whether they had any type left that they could use or, or they would maybe have to reuse something else, maybe put a dot in an ap- apostrophe. So um, we also don't know how far Shakespeare was involved in the printing of his own plays. We don't have any manuscript left except for three pages of a co-written play in which he hardly uses any point punctuation at all. There's just a couple of commas and some full stops, and that's it. Which perhaps was because Shakespeare knew he was writing for some actors who would translate his text into emotion anyway, so it wasn't necessary for him to put in anything. Perhaps it was a bit of laziness, a bit of sloppiness on the, on the part of the great the great poet. But um, those in those times and in, in those histories, there's a lot that we have to remember in terms of co-writing, co-creation, who is involved in making this text um, come into print.
0: What about the differences in male and female usage fonts?
1: Well, there are some studies that show that women tend to use exclamation marks much more, at least in online writing or digital writing. Uh, actually three times as as often as men. But then if we look at it, the context that women use them for, it's very often not to be friendly, to create an inclusive environment, to be helpful, for example. And I think it's, it's undeniable that a message that says, no problem, exclamation mark, comes across as friendlier than no problem, or <laughs> welcome, exclamation <laughs> mark. So women tend to use... Um, something like emojis, exclamation marks or um, deliberately wrong spelling in order to create a, a warm atmosphere in a medium that is so disembodied.
0: You cite a 2013 study where exclamation points were flashed before people's eyes. What happened?
1: Well, people were put into scanners and they were sort of participating in a little game, after which then they had to take decisions and they were thinking they were playing with another person, they were actually playing with a computer. And the computer refused Mm. to give them their reward. And then people saw these flashes of exclamation marks on the screen and afterwards they had to decide how they felt, how was it to play with the supposedly other person and and with not getting their reward. And then uh, they were able to choose from different options, including fair unfair, very unfair. And people who saw the exclamation mark would choose very unfair for their experience. And in in the scanner, um, the scientists could see that the parts of the prefrontal cortex activated. So that is the part where we judge. And um, it's not the part that is full on panic, you need to run away or you need to fight or flight, but it's the part before panic. So when we need to to decide whether we want to pay more attention. Seeing an exclamation mark makes you a little bit alert.
0: Read large, of course, there's the road sign, isn't there? The biggest exclamation mark I can think of.
1: Exactly. Um, Exclamation marks are everywhere around us when we sort of start opening our eyes. Underground, subway, doors, for example, elevators on the road. um, And they always warn us, you need to pay attention here. Not sure what is happening, but something is happening. You need to watch out and be ready.
0: Are they doomed by the emoji?
1: No, I don't think they are. Um, emojis are supposed to bring emotion into a text as well, just as the exclamation mark. But emojis have sort of become something else. They have become quite complicated in the detail and the nuance that we have them now. And new emojis are, keep being invented. And it's quite beautiful and I think welcoming that, um, or welcome that they are very inclusive with people in wheelchairs, different skin colors, different genders, different sexualities, where you have a man. And a man holding hands, for example, that an emoji that you can choose. But um, it's a little bit counterproductive for the informality of the medium of texting and for the spontaneity that we think we are just in the same room talking, but actually we're still texting. So I think with emoji, people have to do twice the amount of interpretation than when they just see an an exclamation mark.
0: How many exclamation marks do you use? Are you... uh OTT or reticent?
1: Oh, I think I'm uh, like lots of other people that I adapt to the context and to the person I'm writing to. And once, also, people, uh, the conversation is about exclamation marks. Everybody becomes very self-conscious. I get emails <laughs> from people being very self-conscious suddenly, <laughs> but I'm happy to use them.
0: Well, I, I have to litter. The airwaves with exclamation marks to register my delight in our conversation. Dr Florence Hazrat, scholar of English literature and the author of An Admirable Point, a brief history of, yes, the exclamation mark. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.